0: Hey there, AR Nation. I've got a quick announcement I'd like to share with you. It's about an incredibly powerful, high-ticket marketing community that I'm a proud member of. It's called the Super Affiliate Accelerator. This program's absolutely for you if you want to be successful online, whether you're a beginner looking to get started with an online business, and also if you already have an online business but struggling to reach your goals. The Super Affiliate Accelerator is run by three experienced and amazing coaches. Between the three of them, they've sold millions of dollars in products and services online across all different industries. Why I find the Super Affiliate Accelerator so powerful is because of its unique all-in-one blend of a proven training program, weekly coaching and mentoring from an amazing group of accomplished internet marketers, and a private mastermind community of like-minded and supportive business owners and professionals. For a limited time, the SAA coaches are offering a complimentary business strategy call. So whether you're a coach or consultant, if you provide professional services, or if you just want to start an online business but you're confused or overwhelmed with where or how to start. I invite you to check out this incredible program, The Super Affiliate Accelerator. And you can learn more today by visiting richardkistin.com forward slash S-A-A. Again, that's richardkistin.com forward slash S-A-A. Now, let's get to today's amazing episode. Hey there, friends, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Kistin. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for spending your time and energy here with me on this episode, wherever you are in the world doing whatever it is you may be doing. I really appreciate it. Spring is in the air. It's coming back with a vengeance. Today it seems like it's a warm day here in the New York City area. So hopefully the sun's shining as it is here, exactly where you're at, because it's it's time to start getting out, do stuff, and hopefully the world comes back to what it what we remember it. Remember 2019? One step at a time. So that'll be really, really cool. Today, we've got a great guest. She's got a very interesting background, very colorful background, and she's been through quite a number of iterations in terms of a creative career. So I'm very excited to explore her story, her struggles. Um, there's some personal, really deep and personal struggles with health issues with, um, and then pursuing passion and, and all that goes into that. So I'm super excited to welcome to the Adulthood Revisit Podcast, Amy Sinha. Amy, how are you? And welcome to the Adulthood Revisit Podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very well, thank you. And it was sunny here this morning, uh, but the sun has kind of gone down now. A little bit cold. (laughs) All right,
0: so we went down there came up here. So we're just trading places. (laughs) Very, very awesome. So, Amy, just briefly, you've got a a very, like, your history has been predominantly in the creative space as a musical artist, musical talent. Uh, You've been spending quite a bit of time recently doing uh, voiceover as well. So why don't you just take us back because you the beginning of of your story is I'm, I'm really powerful dealing with you know health challenges personal challenges so wherever you think you would be a good place to start us off um, why don't you take us from there and tell us a little bit more about who you are
1: yeah okay well um I'll start with the singing I guess so I started singing when I was six I have two older sisters and were very musical um and they always like encouraged uh, all of us my family would just very musical. So they loved us singing um, in the car. We'd go on journeys and we'd do little like trios and harmonies. Um, so yeah, I started from there and I ended my first talent competition. And then I just kept doing that. Um, and my sisters and I, we sung as well together to trios. But I guess I was the only one that took it, further and i went on to study jazz in um, music college uh which is something i never actually thought i would do because i never thought you could actually make a career out of singing because of like the pop and you know i thought you just have to be discovered sort of thing so that was actually really really cool um to actually get a degree in in that kind of music industry Um, but what made it difficult, yeah, was when um, when I was younger, I had cat tracks when I was one, um, and that left me almost blind. Um, and then I was diagnosed with a rare um, medical condition at four, which meant that I couldn't feel hot or cold or pain. So I did used to burn myself a lot. So I do have a lot of scars. Um, and then also meant that. Um, Well, basically, it's similar to osteoarthritis called charcoal joints, and it kind of left me in a wheelchair, well, almost in a wheelchair, sorry, um, when I was a teenager. And then because of that, it also affected my growth. So I was small Um, and stopped growing at 11. Um, So although I was very musical and that was definitely an outlet, um, I think, what held me back a lot was my confidence because all those things were going on when I was a child. And, and then as a teenager, you know, I didn't think of myself as normal. Um, and that hindered me a lot. Um, yeah, (laughs) unfortunately. So, but it has taken me a long time to get my confidence where it should be. So, you know, it was a, it's a long journey and a process, but I'm finally there.
0: Let me ask you this because it was fascinating what you shared about early on you and your sisters pursued, experiences and musical like performances and whatnot, but you of, of the people in your, of your sisters and maybe people in your network, uh, friends and other family members, you were the only one that actually pursued it. Why do you think that is? Like what if looking back, what what was the quality or the decision making even as even as a child, right to decide that no, you know what I'm gonna go for this even though others, the outside world, oftentimes family, friends, are telling us that, that that doesn't make sense and that doesn't work. How, how did you, if you ever thought about it, what <laughs> kept you going in something where other people said that's a dead end?
1: Um, I think because music, again, because I had a musical family, so they were very supportive, especially my older sisters, and they used to do musical theater and drama. Um, I never did that, but... And because I did have quite a strong voice and because I was small, it meant I got noticed because I did have this big voice, kind of like Christina Aguilera. Um, She had a big voice. I mean, even though I'm smaller than her, so mine was like even, you know, bigger. Um, And I had these big eyes and I, I think it kind of, I was a bit unique and, and that, I guess, gave me an edge. Um, not that I noticed that, I have to be honest. I didn't personally notice this unique edge um, until later, but my family, I think, did. And and I think they realized that I, how much I loved singing and how much music was in me, because we did piano and uh, violin and my sister did guitar. And so, you know, we have those kind of musical um, instrumentation as well included with the singing, because it gave it a good foundation uh, to pursue it further. So. I think that, and I think if it wasn't for my family, I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, so they did probably give me a, a big nudge in that direction. Uh, yeah.
0: If I can ask, and this, you know, this may be a, a bit personal, but again, you share that you were facing and dealing with some significant physical issues, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and the reason I bring this up is because I, I in my own life, had something comparable, not not similar in terms of like what it was but just like how debilitating it, it could be and to, to life and the things that I wanted to do. How, how did you manage to, to persevere, to pursue the things you want to persevere? And when, or I guess a better, I guess what I'm really asking is like, did you ever feel like as much as I want this for my life and for myself, that maybe it's not achievable because of, this illness that I'm facing and I'll share this in the context of only just about I I was diagnosed with this Crohn's disease back in law school like 10 plus years ago and at first it was all it was fine until I had an an emergency ileostomy and it was I was 30 at the time and I thought to myself there goes everything that I could ever I've worked for and I wanted in my life my my own business my law practice uh, marriage children it's none of it is going to happen as much as I want it this illness is going to keep me from that. Um, and I had to like battle my own way through that. So did you ever, looking back on your life, going through the things you had to go through for, with your physical body, um, how did you manage to, to deal with that?
1: Um, I think if you grow up um, with, with a lot of disabilities, you kind of get used to it. So your mindset, I mean, unless you're going to have a mindset of something is possible, literally just be in a state of depression for the whole of your life um, and I know it probably is different um, if you've grown up with something rather than something has just happened to you in a later life I think that can be really hard to accept whereas I've this is all i would known so this is all that I was experiencing from youth so and and I have to point out again I had my family um, and my sisters the older sisters and they wouldn't let me they wouldn't let me not pursue other things when I even got depressed and I was like because I did for probably the first 15 years of my life I, I it was certain things I never saw um, until later on in my life um but I actually had I when I was 19 I, I um got rushed into the hospital with ulcerated colitis um and they actually wanted to take out my colon <laughs> um and if that had happened and because of everything that had happened, I think my life would be completely different now. Because that would be a nail on the head, the final nail on the on the coffin. I'm um, <laughs> going. This is just it. I can't cope. Um, but luckily, if they tried a new drug. I was just very lucky, and and it, I didn't have to um, have an operation. But again, again, I look at the alternatives, and you know, I can't. I can't imagine if that had happened, what my life would be like now. Um, it is hard, but I think it's it's a mindset. It's a mindset that you have to force yourself. Into when things like that happen to you, and it's not—it's not easy. It takes time. I'm not even going to say that it doesn't, um, but it is. At the end of the day, it is a mindset.
0: Let's talk about your passion or what you spend a lot of time with, and that's music, right? What about it? I, I, you shared a few times that your family was a musical family, You're, and they supported you throughout your endeavor. But what about it? Like energizes you? What is it about music and singing? that brings you like allows you to express your joy
1: um i think because i I just remember singing so i sing because i want to sing i don't sing to have other people hear me um so i sing every day i wake up singing and i don't even realize that i'm singing until i realize oh okay (laughs) um i'm not talking to myself i'm actually singing so it's kind of it's who i am um uh, yeah, that's all I can explain. It. It's a hard one. It just it is who I am. So even though like I'm not doing it, I'm not singing, you know, professionally right now, especially because of COVID. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm not a singer, because that's that's who I am. That's who I will always be, I think. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. So that no, that's fine. So music and performing was was part of your life from from a youth. But your, your taste in music and your expression of music has changed over time. Right? You share that for a long while, like, you found your groove, I I, I don't know if that's a pun or not, but you found your groove in jazz. Um, And so talk a little about that, how you discovered, um, because I I don't know if there was a certain type of genre of music that you and your family and your sisters were were heavy into, and that's what you were doing. But take us through that roadmap of how, as you got older, and and, um, how it evolved into jazz, which it's, like, I don't know much about it. I just know it's challenging. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a very challenging and that's that's an interesting one because i listened to all types of music growing up so my parents are indian uh listened to indian music uh, my sisters went into rock into reggae i used to love whitney houston so literally all of that um was incorporated into my education. But I think I also remember, I just loved the old movies. I just loved black and white watching, you know, Frank Sinatra and uh, Gene Kelly. And I just used to love those songs and I didn't know what they were. um, I think until I got to, uh, it's a a college called Cosiding College when I was 16. And I don't know if you know Katherine Jenkins, Um, she's a classical singer, but she was in my year and there were a lot of classical singers. And even though I was classically trained, I just didn't like that sort of restriction that classical music had. I wanted to become more free um, and jazz kind of suited my whole personality. And I think because I was going through um, those difficult things growing up and all the disabilities, it kind of the difficultness um, on the complications resonated with where I was. And I think that's why I loved jazz as a whole so much, because it has so many different layers that, you know, one, one time you can listen to it one day and then the next day you'd find something new to, to hold on and you keep listening. And again, you just discover new things. And I absolutely love that. Um, and so then when I went on to study it in music college, I was just totally immersed in all of that and it was just yeah i just absolutely loved it i could not get bored of just the different things going on different instruments and the lyrics were just so profound you know so many meanings to one song that you could have um i just uh, yeah it was wonderful
0: yeah um about college you share that you have a story about tree friends (laughs) what about the tree friends
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, what happened was, so up until that time, I was in a private school because um, it was smaller and it was uh, suited to, towards me. Uh, but when I was 16, um, I wanted to go to uh, a broader college. And so this is my second day and it shows how fate is at work. And I was quite um, a shy person back then. I never used to talk to you know, strangers, only people that I knew. But I kind of on the second day, I just kind of it was really, really hot. I remember that it was just so sunny and one of my sister's friends was going to the library and I was like oh, I don't want to go to the library I've just got there the second day so I like took the plunge I was like no I, just a quick split second decision I was like, I'm like, i gonna go outside and sit on my own so I walked outside I saw some people uh, under a tree um I kind of I was like oh, okay I don't want to you know I don't, I don't want to say anything. So I kind of walked past her and, and went to the second tree. And as I was sitting there, this girl kind of walked over to me and she thought I was a mature student. And she goes, oh, you know, you didn't tell me to go away. But, you know, I, have you been here for long? And we kind of struck up a conversation. And so she came to sit down and then a friend came over and then we were talking. And then 10 minutes later, this whole group of girls came down and sat literally like a semi-circle around me and I was like oh my gosh because they were like from this this comprehensive school I was like oh my gosh what is this going to be like (laughs) but to this day three of those girls sitting under the tree are still my best friends so we became really close and kind of they kind of helped with my confidence and you know if it hadn't been for them I probably wouldn't have done a lot of things so they are my I'm calling my tree friends because we've met under a tree and apparently the tree is still there in the college (laughs) that particular tree
0: that's super great. And how fortuitous. And like, um, just like, I think I think about that sometimes too. The, the people who have come in my life, and who's still here. Mm. So many years later, and I, I'm actually very, it's, it's a cool thing to share with people that one of my best friends, we've known each other since the first grade. Un- I like the, the odds of that when I speak to people are like slim to none. But I, one of my best friends is from from the first grade, so that's a cool story. Just sat down in a tree, and all of a sudden, here you are, years later, with with three very good friends. That's yeah. super cool. let um, talk about the evolution in terms of like your you using career uh, music for your career and yourself. Um, you know, because I think maybe sometimes with the like creative arts, it's tough, and, and you kind of like intimated this that what's how, if you're not gonna be discovered, how do you create a career from that? So you went to school for music, um, and and you're learning about I, I presume theory and, and putting sound together and what sound means. But what was what was going, going on in your mind about what the end result and outcome, what was that gonna look like when you left college and beyond?
1: Okay, so this is the thing. I think when you get to a music college, um I didn't have, uh, because I was young, so I didn't know what I was going to do afterwards. In all honesty, I just knew I was there and it was amazing to get in there because I never thought that I would get in there. Um, And I was just going moment by moment. So when the end came, it was a little bit um, depressing because there was nothing to to go to. I think this was in Leeds, one of the music colleges in Leeds, actually the only music college in Leeds. Um, And the London colleges did set people up after they graduated, they put them into certain places that they could go to. But with Leeds, it wasn't like that. So all our talks was at the end, well, you know, you could become a teacher or you can go on a cruise ship. And I was just like, Oh my God, I don't want to go on a cruise ship because I get seasick. uh, So that's, you know, that's out. And I didn't want to be a teacher because I'd been performing for the last three years and I just wanted to perform. So at the end of it, yeah, it was quite, disheartening. um, And I left um, quite depressed thinking, what on earth am I going to do now? (laughs) So it wasn't a clear, it wasn't clear vision at all.
0: So, okay. What, what eventually happens? At some point you leave college, right? And it's, you're no longer within the confines of, of an institution where you're learning about music. You got to figure out how to like make a living from this. So what was the roadmap after that?
1: The roadmap, I came back and um, I had to do it myself um so I kind of joined a few bands down here um I got into the jazz club so I started to make friends so I went there every week I met the musicians that were there coming we had loads of musicians coming to Swansea all the way from London uh, Ronnie Scott's players they'd come tour um we'd have American musicians um there's a lot, quite a lot of famous jazz musicians came come to Swansea at that at that time um and still do well pre-COVID uh, there was there was still coming so that was a great place to be to get my name known and once I was doing that I did become quite uh, a known name in Swansea because I'd sing with all of them um, when they came here and then I just yeah I just joined loads of bands and started gigging and so I had to I had to do it for myself basically and I guess that's what that's what you have to do so you know when you apply for a job <laughs> you have to do it yourself isn't it? you have to find the roadmap that uh, works for you.
0: In in retrospect, like that experience, how, how do you feel about that? Would you do? Would you change any of the steps along the way up until that point with pursuing a career in music or life, Let's call it a life in music. Pursuing going to musical college, finding you know self sourcing gigs or whatnot. For anyone listening to this who has it for their own life, a created like a pursuit like that, or knows someone, let's say they have a child or so that may be intimating the same thing, that they want to pursue music for life and whatnot. Would it, is there anything that you think you change or, or tell people like, well, maybe you want to think about this this thing that you don't really see through the through the front window?
1: Mm, I was a bit restricted because of my disability. So I couldn't go out and pursue it as, as I probably would have if I wasn't, you know, I didn't have any of them. Um, but I think if you can, then probably traveling is a great way to do it. Um, get your name known in in your country or internationally um, but I did find a lot of musicians that came here they kind of were a bit depressed because traveling took a lot out of them and they weren't doing it for much money um, but I think if you're going to do it you have to love what you do you have to have the passion otherwise it can be a Quite hard work, um, unless you are discovered and you're going to have a lot of funding behind you. I think that's the only problem with doing it yourself. But if you love it, why not? You know, throw yourself into it. I'm a hundred percent believer of if you're going to do something, give a hundred percent. Don't be half-hearted. You know, if you're going to do something, just throw yourself into it and just go for it. I mean, what what can worse can happen? You just it doesn't work out, and then you do something else. So you know, if you really have a love of something, love of music, a love of an instrument, pursue it. That would be my my suggestion.
0: (laughs) Very cool. Now, at some point, you you did have some, uh, you did release some singles, I I think maybe an album. um, I I could be wrong about that. But at some point, like you had (laughs) a couple of, a single or a couple of singles that reached uh, like number four on some world music chart or so. Can you tell us a little about that? I think a transition you shared from jazz to maybe some pop country type Type music. What was that like? And also the experience of, of, you know, gaining that notoriety and fame from, you know, your
1: work. Yeah, no, it's really cool. So I did, yeah, I wrote my own album. Um, and I never actually believed that I could do that until I did that. <laughs> and it was literally a focus on I'm going to create an album. Okay, so how many songs do I need? I wrote the songs in three weeks. I, you know, found musicians, I collaborated musicians, and I recorded it. Um, and from that, it kind of um raised the bar because I wrote my own music. And then people wanted to really know who I was. Um, And then after that, actually, I got found on instagram or facebook by a record label in new york Uh, it was an independent record label and they wanted to collaborate so i released about a couple of singles with them which was really cool and then i kind of wanted to step away from the jazz um i was finding that i wasn't relating so well to it. Um, I think that part of me had kind of been exercised enough. Um, and so I kind of moved over to world music and then country rock. I think I really got into Nashville TV show. I don't know if you've seen it. It kind of really inspired me. And I absolutely love country rock now. And yeah, the last single that I released it was a duet that I've always wanted to do. So I wrote that um, and recorded it. And um, but the one that you're talking about was called In My Mind. Um, I think I was uh, feeling a bit low when I wrote that song and I was coming out of it. Um, so was uh, from where that came from, but yeah, I think it, people really related to that song. I think it was kind of spoke to, um, a lot of a mass audience. So yeah, I did reach number four in the world music chart. So I was quite proud of that.
0: <laughs> what, what about like, because since then, uh, I, I don't know if you've, if you've had the opportunity to, to write and release other albums, I know you share that you do a lot of the work yourself in terms of writing and, and um, you know, whether it's publishing or or just having, creating a a library of of your own work, like, what's the desire with that? There's, I was always, I've always been, not confused, but maybe curious about when someone says that they have like an artistic passion or creative endeavor, whether it's music or art or writing, or I, I guess it can come in many other forms, but is it, like, is it just the act of it itself of, you know, creating your own album and releasing it to the world? Or, I mean, was there more to that experience that you've, you're like looking to replicate and duplicate? What, are, what can you take away from that, that experience of releasing your song, seeing it climb to like the top of a chart somewhere? And, and how did that make you feel about where you are going in your life?
1: Um, I think it was um, a a journey of growth and I realized how much I'd grown. So from when I wrote that album to when I wrote the singles, I had developed so much um, as a musical artist and and in my mind as well. um, the things that I thought I was capable of, uh, because at that time, my mind was so complicated when I first wrote that first album. And there's just a lot of different styles in that first album. So it's not focused um, on one. But then when I started to write the singles, they were focused. Um, and there was a, 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 an intention to them. Whereas in, in the first album, there wasn't. I just had all these ideas in my head and I wanted to get them out. And that's what that is. So it's a little bit of a, a mismatch of uh, styles, I think. Um, so I think what I gained from all of that was focus of where my mind was at and learning um yeah what what i wanted to do i mean i think when you're young you really just don't know you have all these things that and that you, in your head and you think you want to do everything but you can't do everything at once and as you progress i think you learn you learn how to do that uh, you learn to kind of focus on one area if it's your life or if it's music or whatever, but, you know, and then as you go on, it's like, okay, I'm going to focus on a different area. So I think that's what, it, that's what it helped me to do. Um, and it was to grow, grow spiritually, grow emotionally and grow musically uh, that I wouldn't have had, had I not gone through that process.
0: Uh, recently in the last couple of years, so you've been doing work as a voiceover talent um, among other things. So how, how did, what was that transition like? And, how has it been doing voice over work?
1: It's been really good fun. I love it. I never thought that I would do anything like this, I have to be honest. I never thought of myself as an actress uh, growing up, but obviously with the musical uh, background, I think I did used to act through song. Uh, and I did used to do a lot of presenting actually, while I was singing. Um, I even uh, interviewed, uh was it? Uh, Kylie Stewart, Clint Eastwood's son, which was really, really cool. He came down to songs that he was playing. He's a bass player. Phenomenal bass player, Um, and so I was very lucky. So I guess the transition wasn't such a big jump, but I kind of, uh, it was kind of lucky actually that I started doing it because it was just before COVID. So, but I decided on my own. I didn't obviously know that that was coming up, Um, and so I was like, okay. So I made a show reel and I started putting it out there, and I got some really positive feedback. So like, okay, let me uh, pursue this, and it's become yeah, it's become really good, and especially with this whole networking. Uh, thing that we got going on and especially internationally and Americans love the British voice so I was trying to capitalize on that <laughs> um, and you know kind of pursue that avenue and it's been really good yeah that's it, really fun and I hope to take it further
0: yeah. I think you're onto something I think the the, the <laughs> British voice the British accent adds value to the proposition is what yeah. it is um I, this is a question that, as we've been talking, I, I wanted to ask you. And it, it, you may not have an answer, and I, there may not be an answer to it, but I've struggled for a long time with this idea that you have to have a passion, um, because it's it's something that gets thrown around a lot, and it seems not to take away from anyone who from an early age ha, like has and feels a passion for something, and it sounds like, I don't want to say that this is certainly the case for you, but um, it sounds like from the outside that you had a passion early on for music and pursuing that creative endeavor what what would you say to people who maybe don't feel that way um
1: i think everyone has a passion for something they just don't know it and i i, I think as i said we've got a lot of thoughts going on in our head and we're not we're not focused on one thing and um i think um our family um the the environment that we're in kind of um, puts us into a box or makes us feel like we're into a box so I think everyone does have a passion you just have to kind of commune with yourself as it were and kind of just just realize what your passion is so if it's law for you or you know if it's being a doctor medicine my sister's a nurse she loves helping people but she didn't find that out until later on in life Um, my sister is a older sister's a lawyer even though she knew but she only found the passion for gardening now she loves growing plants you know so it comes to us in different stages and it's okay if you kind of passion grows and it becomes different over the years I think people think you have to have one passion and that's it but that's not true Uh, things change within us over our lives and we can have so many different passions for various stages of our life you know I and but I do believe everyone has a passion for something you just have to find it
0: yeah, it's interesting to share that because again, I, I think it the just the conversation and the question didn't occur to me until the like the last couple of years of my life. And I thought that I was just doing what I what I should be doing, building a law business and this and that. But then, you know, it, I, maybe just the context of what passion is and what I'm doing with my time has really come to me. So every time I get a chance to ask people that question, I'm really curious about how they view passion about like what they're doing. And also in terms of like life, because right, life is, our time is limited. So once you see like the sand in the, in the hourglasses on the lesser half of stuff, you wonder like, is this what I'm really doing well here? Um, I wanna jump back to confidence. You shared that confidence conceptually something that really helped you navigate your life, succeed in the ways you've succeeded and accomplish the things that you've been able to accomplish. What are some things that have helped you grow your own confidence as you've, you know, continually strived for newer, different, better things in your life?
1: Um, I think it was, um, well, obviously it happened over time. Um, it grew as I started to do more things and I think it was because I used to push myself so I wasn't very good at speaking but obviously as a singer you have to be good at speaking so I kind of made something, um, well actually that's that's how I got into the interview so I'd go up and talk to random people and put myself in a situation where it was just completely new and out of my comfort zone um, and I succeeded at it And, and I think from that I knew that I would always succeed at whatever I put my mind to even though going through the process was really difficult and I didn't want to but the thought of succeeding at the end and thinking oh my gosh i've done something new kind of kept me going and saying no you can do this because it will and you will you know people will succeed if they if they just go through it and don't let kind of the fear put them off from from doing it but i think um also it was um believing in law of attraction that kind of came um in my 20s um and again it's mindset um is putting your thoughts onto something and making it happen. And the more I saw that, the more my confidence grew. So I'm not going to say these things if I haven't practiced it and it hasn't happened to me. I mean, I'm saying it because it has happened and I believe it because of that. Um, So I think the mind is very, very powerful and you can make literally you can make your world what you want it to be with just your thought but then you have to act you can't just think about it you have to take action to make it happen and you have to kind of push through the fear that you believe is fear it's probably just you know the anxiety of something new um so i think that's how i've grown my confidence because i have thought of it and i have done it and not let my fear hold me back because if i had i literally would not have done anything um so i do believe in that
0: yeah super powerful especially again in when for your own career, like you you self sourced a lot of your own gigs, a lot of your own whatever it may be, like the path, mm-hmm. um, you have to like bet on yourself. So I really appreciate you sharing that. I want to also hop back to just music generally. It sounds like, in addition to being a passion in your life, music has served as uh, almost therapy for you in a lot of different ways. Um, and you shared that again, the, the that one single in my mind was sort of was you pouring out things that were going on, you coming out of on the back end of something you were experiencing at the time. How do you encourage, I feel like you'd be the very good type when someone is feeling a certain kind of way to say, you know what? You should listen to this song. How would you encourage people in your life or listening to this, this episode to say how they can better leverage music in their lives to be, to experience more, whatever it may be, fulfillment, happier change state of emotion how how do you you encourage people to use and relate to music
1: I think people should stop um thinking about one type of music that they like and I think that they should kind of open their minds to experiencing all different types of music um I think we get you know oh we only like rock or we only like jazz or classical um, but there's different music for different moods and you should go with it Um, and I don't I mean, and I think we all like to, when we're feeling down, we all kind of listen to wallowy songs, you know, depressing songs. And I actually think that's the worst thing that you can do. So when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling depressed, you should listen to uplifting music, music that makes you happy, happy music. Um, so because I've done this before, you know, start the song after song and made me even more depressed. And I'm like, why on earth am I doing this to myself? Um, so I do believe. Yeah. And I think that you can use music to your advantage, you know, make playlists. Love, I made a playlist the other week as uh 80 songs because I was just getting really nostalgic and or 1960s songs because I used to listen to it when I was younger. So, or Hindi songs, actually Hindi film music I completely forgot about. Um, and it really just made me happy making those playlists, like researching the songs that I used to love and yeah, playing it so I can put it on you know Spotify <laughs> wherever I take the mood. So I think you should leverage on the different styles of music because there's so much out there. Um, and listen to all of them at different stages, where you are at, where your mood is at, um, and don't feel like you have to listen to one or, you know, because that can be a little bit, um, well, restrictive. <laughs> at least,
0: <laughs> very cool. Um, you share in your bio some of your key talents, includes including memorizing words quickly, making people feel at ease quickly, determination to achieve. I, I reworded it as subjective perfection, patience. <laughs> and thinking outside the box. Hmm. Which of these talents do you think for you has been, if you can qualify it that way, has been the one you've relied on the most to achieve the things you've achieved in your life?
1: I think it has to be thinking outside the box because um, I I don't really fit into a box. I never have. And it was the pursuit of fitting into the box that has uh, made me depressed for a lot of my life um, even though my mind doesn't work like that my mind is just totally out there um, so and then just recently starting to accept who I am has kind of made me become very happy and uh, made me become kind of at peace uh, which I am at now which you know I found years of struggling to do that and I think most of us do not fit within a box so I think if we can just be a little creative, even if you don't think you're creative and kind of, you know, there's there's a solution to every problem. Absolutely, 100%. Even if you can't see it, there is always a way around everything. Um, and so if you just think, think of it like um, just maybe what I like to do is to kind of focus and by focus is writing down because that focuses the mind. And, and then when you're writing down, even if it's just like sentences at a time, that doesn't make sense. And then you just go back to it and then you refine it. And then you see things that probably ideas that will come out from things that you've just written that you've just thought about. Um, and I think that's the way that I like to approach different things, just randomly write things down and then go back to it and see, okay, what what actually makes sense or what can I use? I think that's a helpful tool that maybe some people might like to use for kind of, if if they if they think that their mind, they can't do that. Because a lot of people think that, you know, they they can't uh, think in a creative way, uh, but I, everybody can. I'm just so 100% on that. Everyone has the capacity to to think outside the box, as it were. So I would encourage people.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll double down on that statement because I recently, maybe a couple of months ago, picked up this habit of right or at least trying to write most days. As soon as I wake up, I don't care if it's foggy or whatnot. Just it may, may not make sense when I go back to it, but just writing down for a couple of pages, whatever's on my mind, whatever comes out, it is what, co- when it comes out. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, can you share a little bit more about your YouTube channel? You you touched on it uh, a little earlier before, but you 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 have this growing YouTube channel, is very popular, where you interview other artists. Um, and you mentioned that you interviewed Kyle Eastwood on there. Um, share how like how that's been part of your life. How much like what was the the start of it? The reason why you're doing it, uh, if there's a reason at all, and and what do you feel you're getting out of it? I feel like I know some of the answers because it may probably mirror a lot that I experienced doing this podcast, but please share more about the, about your YouTube channel and and how it came to be.
1: Yeah. So I've got quite a few YouTube channels. uh, One for uh, singing my original songs, one just for singing um, covers. And then I created one for the presenting uh, specifically. I got into it. uh, Somebody I, I, I was someplace I can't remember and he was on the radio and he was like oh would you like to he, st- he thought I had a nice voice so he's like would you like to do some interviews and you put it on my radio channel I was like all right okay um so I started to do audio I bought just a, a zoom microphone uh, it was really good quality audio um and then I uh one of the, yeah one of the first people I got into interview was uh the Ronnie Scotts players um they were um the residential players and One of them plays for Massive Attack, uh, Winton Blissett, a bass player, lovely guy. Um, And then it was also... Oh, um, Buddy Greco. I don't know if you know Buddy Greco, but he was one of the Rat Packers back in the 60s. And he did a famous cover of The Lady is a Tramp. Um, so, and he was one, one guy that I loved when I was back uh, when I was 16. So getting to interview him was absolutely amazing. And he kind of like sung Once in Love with Amy, which is a song <laughs> over the top. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Um, so that was really good. And then I think because I've realized that I really love doing the interviews and I actually got um, quite um, high names without even trying. I'd literally you know, just started to do it, but I started put it out there saying, I'm doing interviews and people asked me to do them. So then I thought, okay, why not do TV interviews? So I bought um, a video camera, <laughs> started going around with my little video camera and, and Kylie Stewart was one of the, one of the video, first video ones that I did. Um, yeah, that was, that was good fun. And then I realized I love meeting new people. Um, and because I talked to people before, uh, I was quite, you know, I'm a people person. And I thought, well, I've got all these musicians at hand. Why not actually create something out of it? And that hence where the YouTube channel came in. And then I just started putting put it in, up. And uh, people then when, I, when they came to Swansea, they were like, oh, you know, you can interview me if you like. like all right. OK. Um, so it kind of uh, built from there. It's good fun. I liked it. I like meeting new people. Go to your answer. Um, I like meeting new people. um, And I realized that not everyone just has the same story, because I was talking to people, especially musicians, and it seemed like they'd gone on the same journey they've been mentored by the same people so I was getting a little bit bored so I was just like oh my god okay but then I was doing the interviews and I was actually listening properly um I will confess I might not have been listening you know to the whole of what they were saying before but I actually did listen and actually each of their journey was unique and that really did interest me so different people have their own even though they seem like they've come from the same place. They have their own challenges. They have their own specific journey and they have their own realizations. And that was the one thing that I love. And that's, this is the one thing that I love talking to people because you never know what you're going to learn or the different types of people that you're going to meet. Um, yeah, that's my answer.
0: Yeah, super. I, I I agree 100%. It's just when you you can put two people who on the surface, you think, okay, it's like another, I know, I know what they're going to say. Categorically, I, I always learn something new that I, I wouldn't have expected. So I appreciate you, like, recognizing that when you talk to, to people on your show. Um, what's next on the horizon for Amy Sinha?
1: I am building my voiceover business. Uh, right now I'm taking um, a course, a business acceleration course, run by the Welsh government here. Um, And it had been absolutely mad, but absolutely amazing. And I have learned so much. So I've come from a creative space where business, I really don't know that much about it, which I should have. But creative people, you know, no, no. Somebody else can take care of the business. Um, So I'm glad I'm getting to know all about business sides of everything now. Um, So, And I want to take my voiceover business to the next level and become really successful out of that. And I'd love to do some talks, international talks, um about my journey and and about um yeah kind of inspiring people who i think find it hard to um kind of go on if they have say disabled kids and they don't know how to cope and you know they're going through all of that because when i was younger we didn't have the internet we didn't have support you know my parents were just alone they felt alone and they didn't have that support network of other people so i think people these days are quite lucky that they get to have that um area and avenue and i'd like to be like in that process as well so that's what i would really love
0: Super cool. I can't wait to see all the fun stuff that comes comes out from you. From you, um, Amy, you are just a ball of energy. Thank you so much for bringing it. Appreciate you coming on the Adulthood Revisited podcast, sharing your story and your journey um, and all the stuff that's, that's coming for you and coming your way in the future. If people wanted to connect with you, what are some good ways that they can reach out and connect with Amy Sinna?
1: Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's been really good fun. Um, but you can connect with me on my website at com, or I'm on every social media. So you just type in my name and you will find me. <laughs> LinkedIn, YouTube, as you said, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok, which I have just signed up for. <laughs> I haven't used it much, but I am now on TikTok.
0: <laughs> all right, very cool. We'll see what kind of shorts you put out there. Um, again, Amy, thank you so much for spending your time and energy sharing your story here on the Adulthood Revisit podcast. As we wind up, do you have any final parting words or thoughts you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Ooh, all I can say really is live life with passion. And <laughs> everyone has it. So find their own passion and just go for it
0: 100%. Very cool. Again, thank you so much, Amy Sinha. A link up the website amysinha.com in the show notes, as well as all the social media channels. And until next time, Aero Nation, take care, be well. Bye for now. Hey there, AR Nation. Before we go, I wanted to remind you of the Super Affiliate Accelerator. Whether you're looking to get started with an online business or if you're struggling to see the traction you've been hoping for in your current online business, the Super Affiliate Accelerator can help you see the success that you want in your business and in your life. The Super Affiliate Accelerator is an all in one high ticket marketing community where you'll get access to proven training weekly coaching and mentoring from seasoned and accomplished marketers who sold millions of dollars in products and services online as well as access to a private mastermind community of like-minded and supportive business owners and professionals right now the saa coaches are offering a free complimentary business strategy call so if you're ready to build a strong and profitable online business and brand take advantage of the complimentary business strategy call today and learn more about the super affiliate accelerator by visiting richardkisten.com forward slash saa